You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of At The Podium. I'm your host, John Stolnes. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolnes. And coming up here in just a few seconds, we're going to hear from Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz, who came to, to training camp looking all swole. He's uh, been hitting the weight room, obviously, this offseason, and we're going to hear what Carson had to say. He had some interesting things to say about this upcoming NFL season as it relates to the coronavirus and some of the challenges that lie ahead for the Eagles and the rest of the NFL and uh, talked a little bit about uh, his experience with some of his wide receivers, his first impressions with some of the young guys. So we're going to get to all that coming up here in just a few minutes. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about something stupid. (laughs) I'm just going to come right out and tell you this is stupid. Top 100 lists, lists in general, they can be fun sometimes, but let's let's also understand that, generally speaking, and, and I agree, Jimmy Kemsky uh, for the Philly Voice and, of course, BJN Radio host, I think, uh, said this uh, in an article that he wrote for the Philly Voice this week, that these, t- and I agree with him 100%, that these top 100 lists, the vast majority of them, are stupid. Specifically because when you're talking about the NFL, you've got so many different positions that do so many different things, and the quarterback position is obviously the most important position, and it's not even close, and you've got different positions that matter more, linebackers versus edge rushers and and, and the like. It's hard to put a list like this together. And yet, when a top 100 list comes out, we all kind of gravitate to it because it is something fun and interesting to talk about at a time when there really isn't a whole lot to talk about. But I thought this th- there's a new top 100 list that was uh, put out by the NFL, and it's a player list. They ask players to submit who they believe are the top players at each position and to give their list of the top 100 players in the league. And we're going to run down every single one of them. No, we're not going to do that. Um, but I did want to talk specifically uh, about some of the Eagles that made the list, but what really caught my eye were the quarterback rankings, and, and this is going to relate to Carson Wentz here in just a minute. So again, this is a list of the top 100 players that were voted on by the players themselves. And the big takeaway from this list is that I don't think the players know who is good and who isn't. So five Eagles made the top 100, but nobody made the top 50, and only one player was inside the top 75, and that was Fletcher Cox, who came in at number 73. Zach Ertz, was the second-highest-ranked Eagles player on this list at number 85. Darius Slay came in at number 92. Jason Kelsey was 94. And Brandon Brooks, who is out for this year, came in at number 98. So only four of the five Eagles that made this list are actually going to play here in 2020. And I don't really have too much of an argument with those. I would have thought that maybe Fletcher Cox would be a little higher on the list, but Cox did not have a great season last year, so it's fine. You know, it's... This list is fine. It is what it is, right? I mean, this is not anything to take too seriously. But what really caught my eye were the quarterback rankings. And I would think that of all the positions, it would be easiest to judge the quarterbacks because they have the most light on them. 
what they do on the field, it's it's easiest to see what their accomplishments are, what effect that they have on the game is. And you'll notice that when I listed those five Eagles right there in the top 100, that Carson Wentz's name isn't among the top 100 players in the league. And, and I'm not going to put up a big stink about that. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but I, you know, I suppose you could make an argument that he should not be among the top 100 players in the league. I personally think that he is, and I would certainly have him probably among the top 75 players in the league. But when I did my list of the best players in the NFC East, I had him as the 10th best player in the division. And we all know that this is not exactly the strongest division in the NFL. There are a ton of positions across the field with great players and other divisions with more talent. So if they if they don't have Carson Wentz in the top 100, I understand that. That's fine. I disagree. I think he's a top 100 player. But when you look down the list of quarterbacks, you have to wonder what it is NFL players are looking at, or maybe that they, they just don't know what they're doing. Their list had Lamar Jackson as the number one overall player in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens quarterback. Uh, as the top player in the league. You can make an argument for that. Now, Lamar Jackson has had one, albeit great year, but one great year. Russell Wilson is at number two on the list as the second best overall player in the NFL and the second best quarterback. Given his career, given the fact that he went to two Super Bowls in a row and won one of them, that he seemingly gets Seattle no matter what kind of talent he has beside him and no matter how he's being held back by Pete Carroll, that he continuously has the Seahawks as Super Bowl contenders year in and year out. So you could make an argument for Russell Wilson where he is, but to me, and I think to just about everyone else who watches this game, Patrick Mahomes is clearly the best player in the NFL, clearly the best quarterback in the NFL, and they've got him at number four overall and the third best quarterback in the league? Folks, this, this isn't this isn't even a ball game. Patrick Mahomes is far and away the top quarterback in the league. Lamar Jackson has to do it for more than one year before you make him the number one guy, before you put him ahead of Patrick Mahomes. I would have, I'd probably have Lamar Jackson below Russell Wilson too. It's Mahomes, Wilson, Jackson for me as the top three quarterbacks in the NFL. It's, it's unfathomable given what Mahomes did in the Super Bowl that you don't have him at number one overall. His first two seasons in the league have been historic. It's beyond bonkers. But here's how the rest of the quarterbacks went down. And here's where the Carson Wentz stuff comes into play. Drew Brees at number four. That's fine. Number four quarterback, number 12 overall. Tom Brady at number five. Did you see him play last year? I mean, I know that he's the greatest of all time. But at number 14 overall, the 14th best player in the league, number five quarterback. Maybe that'll be justified by the talent around him in Tampa Bay this year. But it sure does look like Tom Brady is on the downside, and I don't know how you have him as a top five quarterback right now. You have Aaron Rodgers at number six overall, number six, I mean, number six quarterback, number 16 overall. Is Aaron Rodgers the sixth best quarterback in the, in the league? Yeah, I guess so, but Rodgers hasn't done much. I mean, yes, Green Bay had a great year last year, and they made it to the NFC Championship game. So I, I suppose you, you, you have Aaron Rodgers here, and that's fine. That's fine. Deshaun Watson at number seven. Okay. I can probably see that. But here's where it starts to get a little wonky, folks. Jimmy Garoppolo at number eight. Jimmy G got the 49ers to the Super Bowl. But the 49ers offense is predicated on running the football, not on Jimmy Garoppolo slinging the rock. And Jimmy Garoppolo had a pretty bad second half in the Super Bowl last year. And really, the, the offense does not go through Jimmy G. It goes through the running game. I'm not a Jimmy G guy. 
They have Dak Prescott as the number nine quarterback overall. I think that's a fine spot for him. I'd have him ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, And then you have Kirk Cousins at number 10. Again, all these quarterbacks are among the top 100 players in the league. They, They have NFL players have Kirk Cousins at number 58 overall as the 58th best player in the NFL, the 10th best quarterback. Ryan Tannehill had a great second half last year. It's clear that his marriage with the Titans went really well. They have him at the number 11 quarterback, number 68 overall. Really? Ryan Tannehill? Josh Allen as the number 12 quarterback, number 87 overall, ahead of Carson Wentz. Kyler Murray at number 13, number 90 overall. Maybe Kyler Murray gets there this year. He's not there yet. Where the heck is Carson Wentz on this list? And this is, again, it's a stupid list. It's silly to get this worked up over it. But I have some questions. One of two things is happening here. The players clearly don't know anything, which seems hard for me to believe. They're they're playing every week. And my guess is if you asked other quarterbacks around the league about these quarterback rankings, they would have a very different list. But how is Carson Wentz not seen as one of the 13 best quarterbacks in the NFL by the players? How is that possible? How is Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Josh Allen, Think about that. Josh Allen ahead of Carson Wentz? Kyler Murray? If you went around the NFL and you asked them, who would you rather have as your starting quarterback? You mean to tell me that players would say they'd rather have Josh Allen than Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback? That they'd rather have Ryan Tannehill than Carson Wentz? That they'd rather have Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins? You might be able to sell me on Kyler Murray based on the future in front of him, but I'm... You know, I'm still taking Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz still has a long future in front of him. You can make the case for Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott ahead of Carson Wentz. I can buy that. I can totally buy that. And everybody else on the list, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Mahomes, Wilson, Lamar Jackson, obviously, all ahead of Carson Wentz. That's fine. But how do you how are you selling people on Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, and Josh Allen all ahead of Carson Wentz and Kyler Murray, too? I'm, you know, Kyler Murray hasn't done it yet. Is it, so either the NFL, either the players don't just don't know anything, or is it possible that players around the league just don't like Carson? Is this personal? Because this feels personal to me. We know that there are many in the Eagles fan base, and maybe some of you listening, have a, have a dislike for Carson Wentz. And the arguments are there, he can't stay healthy, uh, he he didn't, you know, it was Nick Foles who won the Super Bowl. The Eagles don't win the Super Bowl if it's Carson Wentz. People, again, want to forget about Carson Wentz's MVP regular season in 2017. And we know the struggles he had in 18 and 19. And we, he, we know that he he had some down, he had some down moments in, in, in 2019. We remember those, those games in the middle of the season where he looked lost. I also have to remember who he was playing with. You have to take all of it into consideration. In the games early in the season, when he was in position and delivered perfectly thrown balls to to wide receivers who, if if they had any modicum of ability, would have gone up and and won the game for the Eagles. And and Carson Wentz and the Eagles would have been off and running last year. And it didn't happen. It's just mind-boggling to me that the the players would have those 13 quarterbacks ahead of Carson Wentz. And and I don't know where they would have Carson Wentz. I mean, would they have—are there others that they would put in front of Carson? I mean, it's just, it's it's ludicrous. So it's either personal or they just don't know anything. Which which one of these options do you want to be, NFL players? <laughs> it's, it's one of those two things. You're either dumb or, or it's personal. 
against Carson Wentz. So uh, I, I say all this in the hopes that Carson listens to the podcast and Carson, you know, post it on your bulletin board. Print it out, find, get a, get a nice color printer and, and, and print the little graphic out. I tweeted it out, so Carson doesn't follow me on Twitter, but now's the best time to start, Carson. It's at John Stolness. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Print out the tweet uh, that, I, that I sent out. Post this on your bulletin board, my friend. You're, he's clearly been working out. He's clearly been getting ready for the season. He, he seems like he's in a, in a great physical place. Now we just got to get Carson in the right mental place. We got to get a little chip on Carson's shoulder. And even though this is a stupid list, and all these top 100, 200 lists are generally speaking pretty stupid, let, let's use them to our advantage, Carson, because there is absolutely no way Carson Wentz should be unranked in the top 100 of the NFL and certainly below the top 13 quarterbacks in the league. Josh Allen. I mean, come on. Are we serious here? Up next, we're going to hear from Carson Wentz himself in his Zoom meeting with uh, reporters. He had a lot of interesting things to say. We're going to tackle that up next here on At the Podium. Uh, hey, Carson. How you doing? Um Obviously, you have a family now. Uh, wondering if if you gave any thought to the possibility of opting out for this season. Yeah, obviously, um, very well aware of the circumstances we're all living in. Um, it's unfortunate, and um, you know, knowing when this thing first hit back in March, no one really knew what the season would look look like, and there's a lot of conversations both from the PA ownership and just amongst players and how this would even look. And so throughout the whole time, I mean, I think everyone's in the back of their mind wondering, what does that look like for me safety-wise? What does that look like for my family safety-wise? Um, and I was no different. You know, I think it definitely, um, the health and safety of, of my family um, definitely is different than, you know, I think a lot of guys that maybe are single or don't have kids or wives and those things. So um, definitely had to take all those factors in, but um, you know, I feel safe here. I, you know, I know um, you never know how this is going to fully unfold, but I feel safe here. And, you know, it was something that my wife and I talked a lot about and prayed a lot about. And uh, we feel good with our decisions. But at the same time, um, completely respect the guys that did decide to opt out for, you know, personal reasons, family reasons, health reasons. Um, you know, like Marquis Good, when I talked to him the other day, fully respect his decision. Obviously, I'm bummed that I'm not going to be able to play with him, but uh, fully respect those guys' decisions I do uh, for a number of reasons. Go ahead, Jeff, and then Rob Kessner. Hey, Carson. Um, this probably isn't a good second question, but I only get one question, so this is it. Uh, I'm wondering how, you know, obviously it's been a weird offseason, so you haven't been able to spend any time or, or any time at all, actually, with Jalen Hurts. But, when, you know, thinking back to your first season, you had Sam, who had, I guess, one approach to mentoring you versus Chase. And I'm wondering what would your approach be with Jalen in terms of kind of you know, telling him about the tools of the, you know, the trade and, and what he should expect in the NFL. Yeah, it'll be the, really the same way I've always been with, um, you know, my teammates shoot, even in the league, um, you know, helping and working with Nate Sudfeld for the last couple of years. I remember, you know, my time in college when I was able to work with um, Easton stick, as a lot of you now know, um, who's with the chargers. And so, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by a lot of good quarterbacks and, um, you know, that's not going to change my approach to the game for personally or for how I'll help him. You know, I'm going to be here for him, um, help him to understand the ins and outs in the game of the game and, um, ultimately do whatever I can to help the team. And, and that's to help bring him along as well. Go ahead, Rob. And then John McMullen. Carson, um, so there's been some locker room turnover and especially in a leadership capacity with a guy like Malcolm gone. And, you know, whenever things would pop up I mean, your your locker was right across from him forever, we would all go run on the Malcolm and ask for his take. And 
in the time since that's happened, we've seen you take on more leadership role and, and be outspoken on things like Black Lives Matter. And do you, so I guess my question is, do you feel more comfortable in that role? And will we see you take on more of that role this year? Um, I think, I mean, that role kind of evolves over the course of, you know, anyone's career. Um, you know, obviously as a, as a quarterback, you're always thrust into leadership. Uh, but I think the, the vocal side of that leadership role comes with just time. You know, for me, this is going into my fifth year, which still seems crazy to say it's my fifth year. Um, definitely feel like a veteran now. But, um, you know, so those things kind of just come, I think, with with age and with, you know, experience. And then obviously, like you said, you know, you lose a guy like Malcolm, who is very, uh, very much a big voice for our team, you know, in the locker room. And, um, you know, everyone had a lot of respect for him. So I know there'll be a lot of guys that um, are very passionate about a lot of different things and are able to um, articulate and, and be um, the Eagles and be who we are and represent that. So uh, I look forward to be one of those one of those guys as well. Go ahead, John, and then Ruben Frank. Hey, Carson. Uh, just wondering about your off season. Obviously, you didn't have the ability to to be at the Novacare Complex, have the OTAs mini camp. How much were you able to get accomplished, and how much do you feel you you connected with your new teammates? Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely different. You know, it was different for me. It was different for a lot of guys. Um, you know, some guys were still trying to get workouts in with other guys, but then um, it just didn't feel safe for a lot of people, too. So there's a lot of factors involved for, for a lot of people. Um, I was fortunate. Um, you know, I got a gym at the house and I got a space, you know, a lot of grass to, to do a lot of my workouts in. So I've been uh, very fortunate and I still feel, you know, more than ready um, once now that I'm back in the building and working out. Um, but I do know it's been tough for some guys, you know, everyone had different access to gyms and, uh, fields and everything. So, um, everyone's kind of coming in this, you know, in a pretty decent spot, but, you know, guys are varied, uh, quite a bit. And so that's, that's a big part of this early, um, training camp mode is just making sure guys are on the same page with their strength and conditioning and, and ready to go before we, uh, really hit the ground rolling with practice. Rube and then Les. Hey, Carson, thanks for doing this. Um, I don't know if you saw the top 100 players in the league thing that came out the other day um, where you weren't on it. Um, does that kind of thing – I know you're motivated no matter what, but does that kind of thing piss you off? Does it does it motivate you? Does it drive you? What, what was your reaction to that? Yeah, um, good question, Rube. You know, you've seen me over the years. I, I usually don't get too caught up in a lot of that stuff. Uh, when, when I see it, you know, I usually wish I didn't see it or didn't hear about it. Um, but you know, you can always use anything and everything as just a little bit of extra motivation. So, um, you know, that is what it is. It's voted on by the players. It is what it is. Uh, I'm not going to let that, uh, cause me to lose sleep or anything, but I do look forward to, uh, you know, going out this year, showing what I can do with my teammates. Uh, Les and then John Clark. Carson, uh, are you surprised by the number of players who have opted out so far? Uh, do you think this is going to have a big effect on the season and, I know you said uh, the first question that you never know how all this is going to unfold, of course. But do you really think there's a good chance of having a full season and the Super Bowl and on schedule? Does that look likely to you at this point? Yeah. To, to answer the latter part of your question, um, you know, for me, I like to look at it as, a, you know, the glass half full. 
And so I, I'm optimistic that, you know, we can execute uh, all the protocols. Guys can stay safe. Guys can stay healthy. Um, but I'm also not an idiot. You know, I, you just don't fully know how everything's going to unfold. So until um, something changes, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be working. I'm going to be ready to go just like all my teammates. Um, as far as guys opting out, uh, I'm not surprised, to be honest, um, just because like, like I answered the first question, I think all of us, and especially guys with either health conditions or family or, you know, maybe some guys, you know, live with their parents or, or whatever, uh, or look after their parents, you know, you got to take into consideration your family and it's not just about you. So uh, I completely respect the guys that do opt, that did opt out and that will continue to opt out. Um, but I'm not surprised by it just because of the state that, uh, that we're all living in right now. Thank you. John and then Bo. Hey, Carson, when you arrived at the Novacare Complex the other day, they had video of you and everybody commented how you look bigger. Have you gained a certain amount of pounds of weight? Uh, and, and last year going into the season, you had you had a certain thing that you were concentrating on uh, and really wanted to concentrate on for your future. Anything change a little bit this year, be in quarantine and stuff like that? Um, nothing really changed. Um, you know, for me, the last couple off seasons, I was, you know, dealing with injuries and trying to bounce back from injuries. So um, this off season, I was really able to to get after it and, and work out a little harder in the gym and all of those things. So, um, you know, I haven't gained anything, you know, insane uh, for weight, but I've definitely gained some weight and I, I feel really good with, with where I'm at. So um, appreciate the, the compliment there, John. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go, we'll go Bo and then Howard. Uh, Carson, given the, uh, you know, the turnover in the offensive staff this off season, um, how, how different do you expect the offense to look? How much are you guys able to implement without having, uh, you know, the grass time in the spring and, uh, you know, what, what kind of challenge will that be? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. It's a great question. You know, I think for the most part, we're going to look the same, you know, um, but obviously we're going to have new bodies out there. Um, there's some young guys that we're looking forward to, you know, getting the chance to work with and step up and, um, you know, coach rich coming in and, and adding a new, um, element and just with his, you know, his ability to, to, uh, marry up the run game with the play actions, with the naked game and all of those things. So I think some things will look a little different. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I think it'll, uh, really compliment what we as an offense and who we are identity wise. Um, I think the coaches really have a good grasp of who we are and how we can um, get the most out of me and out of the, the rest of the sporting cast. Thanks. Howard and then Zach Berman. Carson, uh, playing off the last question with the lack of grass time uh, this year, how can this team really be, especially from your standpoint, the offense be ready with the lack of grass time this year? Yeah, well, first off, genius, I haven't seen you in a long time. That is a heck of a beard you got going there. Um, Kelsey. I'm, I'm very distracted by the beard, but, you know, the question. Um, but, you know, I'm confident. Um, for us, I think, you know, the, the lack of grass time, um, I think that makes it tough for us, but I think it makes it tough for, for really everybody across the league. Everyone's dealing with it. Um, so if I'm being honest, I think we're in a good place just because we do have a lot of carryover with, um, a lot of the same coaches, you know, obviously we've added some pieces, but, uh, for the most part, the offense hasn't changed. And so, and we got a lot of the same, uh, guys around, we've added some new pieces, but, um, I do feel like we're going to be in a good place, um, here once we're able to finally get out there and practice and, and hit the ground running. Zach and then Jimmy. <laughs> hey Carson, uh, at, at this time of year in some of these past years you've you've mentioned specific benchmarks whether it was third down and red zone completion percentage of, at one point is there anything as as you look at your game or your number 
Clippers that you specifically want to improve upon or hone on this year? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the what you just said, red zone and third down, that's going to be something I'm going to hit on every year. Um, you know, whether we're first in the league or last in the league, um, just because I've really realized, you know, over the first couple of years of my career that, you know, those downs make or break ball games all the time. Um, and so for me, I, I would also love to see us, you know, have some more explosive plays. You know, we had a lot of long drives last year and um, obviously hopefully getting Deshaun back and some of these younger guys um, can help, you know, lend itself to some more explosive plays. Um, maybe we don't always have to put together 15 play drives, but um, if that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. Um, so I'd love to see some more explosive plays, but um, really just keep on top of it with third down and red zone. And uh, for me personally, just taking care of the ball. You know, I think, you know, I, I've limited the interceptions over the years. I just got to keep, you know, getting better at in the pocket, holding onto the ball, trying to extend plays, um, knowing, you know, when to say die and, and when to try and stretch the play out. Um, and we've talked about that a lot. You know, that's something that I'm always going to be um, trying to learn and be hard on myself. So uh, those are those are some things I'm definitely trying to work on. Thank you. Go ahead, Jimmy, and then Mike K. Hey, Carson. Uh, in the past, uh, the team had you take a look at receivers leading up to the draft and allowed you to give input on those guys. Did you do that again this year? And then beyond that, what are your first impressions of uh, Jalen, John, and Quez? Yeah, as far as input, I mean, it's always very limited. Um, you know, I definitely watched the receiver class. I knew, um, you know, a lot of the top names and, you know, definitely followed along with that. Um, but, you know, I, I didn't have a ton of input, especially, you know, we weren't in the building ever or anything like that. But um, my first impressions is they're all fast. You know, they can all roll. Um, so I'm excited about that. You know, we've barely been on the grass together. It's just been really two days now. Um, and we're not, you know, practicing or any of those things. So I'm really excited once, you know, we get the pads on and we're, we're full speed out there. But uh, my first impression is all three of them, they, they can roll. They're, they're quick. They're fast. Um, you know, natural ball catchers. So uh, I'm excited for all those guys. They all have a, you know, they all have a great chance to, to help this team right away this year, even in week one. And so uh, not to put too much pressure on those guys, but uh, I'm excited to see how they develop here over the next couple of weeks. We have time for a couple more, so we'll do Mike and then Jeff Skaversky and then Elliot. Hey, Carson, thanks for doing this. Um, JJ obviously had an uneven rookie season. Uh, throughout the virtual program, what have you seen from kind of a mental side and, and like a work ethic and, and uh, communication standpoint? Have you seen improvement from JJ, and what do you think he needs to improve on on the field? Yeah, uh, I've been excited with JJ. You know, he's a guy that um, has – you know, I've never questioned his work ethic, whether that's studying or, um, you know, weight room or on the field or staying after catching, catching balls. That's never work ethics, never been something I've questioned with him. And uh, that definitely carried over this offseason. You know, I was able to um, catch up with him and talk to him quite a bit and, um, you know, get to know him even even more as a teammate and as, as a friend, but also uh, football wise. And so I'm excited to see what, what he does and how he, you know, grows off of, uh, like you said, his up and down first year. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for him to see what he can do and um i think he's uh, in, a, in a really good place and so uh for him it's just continuing to gain that confidence you know i think it, it, it rose towards the end of the year with the with more reps and everything and uh you saw him and really a lot of the younger guys step up and so uh, i'm excited to see him as he keeps growing with that confidence and takes ownership of that role uh what he can do to help this team go ahead jeff hey carson hope the baby's doing well now just how much of a challenge do you think 
not only camp will be, but this entire season not playing in a bubble. You see kind of what's going on with the Phillies, what happened with the Marlins, even with you guys, with Lane and some of your other players. How much of a challenge will this all be, not just for you and each individual guy, but the entire team, coaching staff, other teams, as you guys try to embark on this season? Yeah, uh, very aware that it is going to be a challenge. Uh, you know, it's we've, we've talked about it, you know, a, a fair amount, and it's you got to be a professional um, 24-7, not just when you're in the building now, but it's it's how do you take care of yourself uh, out of the building and, and, you know, be smart and, and handle your business. And so it, we really are all in this thing together. Um, it's if We say that all the time. It's kind of the cliche thing, but it uh, has a little different meaning this year. Um, and and I'm, not, I'm not dumb to know, like, different ways guys can still get it like things might happen um and and so you you never know how this is going to unfold but um you know we're going to do everything we can as a team to make sure especially as leaders to make sure guys are are handling their business you know not just in the building but outside the building who they're around what they're going to do um so it's going to look different and, and it is going to be a challenge but uh, i think we in, in philly are up for it and you know hopefully everyone around the league uh, is up for it as well Thanks. last one go ahead Elliot. Uh, Carson, I saw you worked out this offseason with some of the younger receivers in Houston. I was curious what that experience was like and what made you decide to pick Houston? Yeah, um, it was good. It was good. It was short and obviously it was still um, an interesting time. And then, you know, Texas started to um, become a hot zone for for COVID as well. So, um, you know, that kind of limited what we could do, but it was good work. It was it was quick, uh, but it was really just good to, to get to see a couple of the guys, even um, for the brief couple of days that we were. And, um, you know, Texas is a great place to work out when it's when it's hot and you're trying to get acclimated to, to a little bit of the heat. So that's why we were down there. G and